Okay, we are learning Dav Chav Gimel. We're starting from the bottom of Chav Beis Ahmed Beis. So the Mishnah says, somebody who makes a sukkah, but the sukkah is on top of a wagon. So the question basically is, is that considered too temporary of a, of a dwelling to be considered a sukkah? Or he makes it on top of a ship. Again, uh, it's, very, it's very likely that this is temporary here in a different sense, not just moving, but because there are some winds out at the sea which might knock, knock it down. So the mission teaches in both cases, Kshira, the halachas is kosher, and the idea here, Rashi says, is that we're very into that sukkah is only a DSRI, so since sukkah is only a DSRI, it's not an issue. Furthermore, if you're allowed to access it, in other words, there's no reason to assume that you can't, uh, that you can't do that, there's no isser, to go onto it on Yontif. And, uh, that seems like an obvious point. Why would it be us to access a sukkah that's in the wagon or the ship? But the Gemara, well, what, the Mishnah is doing this because of, to contrast it with the case coming up. But Rosh Elan, somebody makes it on the top of the tree. So in other words, you're making a four on the top of the tree and then you make mechitos and cover it with schach. So in other words, you're, you're making it in the sense that there's a floor on the top of the tree. Ol Gabi or on top of a camel. You put walls between the humps of the camel and you're covering it with schach. Kshera, uh, so it's a kosher sukkah. There's nothing wrong with it being there. But if the access in Yontif is also Why is that? Because Mitzrabanan, they said that a person is not allowed to use a tree, be mishtamish be on Shabbos. It's also also to be mishtamish with an animal on Shabbos. The reason is because if a person goes up, they might come to detach a branch from the tree. Or if they're on the animal, they might come to be uh, detach a branch from the tree when they're using it to, to hit the animal as they're going. So the mission is saying that it's a kosher sukkah, but you can't go it on Yontif. So meaning it can only be used on Cholamoid. Uh, there's, a, there's an Isra to use the sukkah to go to, to be mishdamish with it on top of the tree, but uh, there's, no, there's no fundamental issue with the sukkah. The sukkah is good. It's just the yantif issue of being mishdamish with the tree or the mehima, which is the issue. However, it continues the, the Mishnah. If the case is that the two walls of the sukkah are in the tree and one of them is man-made. In other words, here... You're putting most of the sukkah's floor on top of the tree, and you're building the mechitos on top of the floor on two sides. So that's considered that the, 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 that's supported by the tree. But for the third wall of the sukkah, you put a tall board coming out from the ground that went all the way up. So that's considered supported by the ground. That's not considered that I have one coming from the tree. So basically, it's considered two from the tree and one from the ground coming bide adam osha bide adam achas beilan. Or if it's two, if it's only one wall that's being supported by the tree and two which were put uh, on the ground. In both cases, again, kshir ve'ino alabiyatif. You still can't access it on yantif. Because since uh, you have the tree supporting one of the one of the integral uh, one of the integral parts here, the floor would collapse if the tree was removed. So in that case, it's going to be possible. It's going to be considered being mishdamish be'ilan. Would be considered as if you're making use of the tree to access that sukkah. But however, shalosh be'ilan if there are three walls of the sukkah are man-made and only one is in the tree, so basically the sukkah has four walls and the floor is being supported by the three sides by the walls. So the fourth side, which is resting on the tree, we can't say that going into the sukkah is really accessing, uh, is really using, being mishdamish with the ilan, because if the ilan would be removed, the sukkah would still be fine. So then, share of a'un labiyantif, not only is it kosher, but you're even allowed to go on yantif. So we're saying that in this case, um, there's no problem. It's not called being mishdamish be'ilan to go up there. It's only if the tree is so necessary for the sukkah that, that, that if it would be removed, the sukkah would fall, would be a problem. That's where we say being mishdamish be'ilan to go there. But if it wouldn't be like that, it's just additional support, but it's on the fourth side, but really the floor is being supported by the three, the three walls of the sukkah, then it's fine. You're allowed to go onto the tree on Shabbos. Zach Klaus says the mission, this is the rule, top of the Amunav Kosh, not the Ilan, in any case that the tree would be taken away, and the sukkah could still stand the way it is. 
is, meaning it doesn't need the tree support. Then not only is it so kosher, but you could even access it. Okay, continues the Gemara Mani Masnisen. So the, the Mishnah started off saying that if you put the sukkah on top of the ship, um, on top of the wagon is good. So who are these opinions? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva, it's Rabbi Akiva. The time of Osir, which was the Shina, here we see a Braisa that is really Machlokat Tanam. The Braisa says, somebody makes a sukkah on top of the ship. Rabbi Gamliel posts, Rabbi Gamliel says it's no good. Rabbi Akiva Mashra, only Rabbi Akiva says it's good. There was once, so our Mishnah clearly was only Rabbi Akiva. Says the Braisa, there was a story. My son, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Akiva, there was a story. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Misfina, they were traveling on the ship. It was Sukkah. So Rabbi Akiva said, Sukkah, Rabbi Misfina. Rabbi Akiva stood up, he made a sukkah, even though it was on top of the ship. In other words, that was the only that was the only option. So Rabbi Akiva makes a sukkah. The next day, A wind blew and it knocked over the sukkah. So Amalekam Liel, Amalekam Liel, like says, like you know, look, God proved Akiva heichan sukkah. Where's your sukkah now? He's trying to prove that you see from yourself from the story that the sukkah that was made here is no good because look, the conditions of the sea are going to knock it down. So our Mishnah is only Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Gamliel, which disagree with the Mishnah, he would say that it is no good. So the Gemara now elaborates on, on exactly what the dispute is. Everybody agrees that if the sukkah is such so flimsy out on the top of the ship that it can't even withstand a regular wind that takes place on, the, on dry land. Usually the way it works is is that the, the winds out at sea are stronger than the winds on dry land. So if it can't endure even this, the wind of dry land, everybody agrees that's nothing. If it can't stand up to a normal land wind, that's not even considered a temporary deer. That's not considered a deer at all. Everybody agrees that's not kosher. And if it's the opposite, it's such a strong sukkah that it could withstand even an unusual land wind Certainly it's kosher, because it's certainly considered a dira. Even if you hold that a sukkah requires dira's keva, which we're going to see in a second, where Gamliel holds, but, but if it could withstand on dry land, a, a real she'ina matsui, even in not normal, really strong wind, then for sure it's good. Keep pleading where they are. It could withstand the usual land wind. But it cannot withstand a ruach she'ina matsuya of dry land. So... So in such a case, that's where it's a dispute, and Rashi just helps us out here with an important point. When we say it can't withstand the Rosh Matsuya de Abasha, Rashi explains to us that means that a normal sea wind, it might not be able to withstand as well, because since the wind is stronger at sea than at land, a unusual land wind is the equivalent of a usual sea wind. So we're talking about a case that it could withstand a natural sea, uh, a natural land wind, but it would not be able to withstand a sea wind. That's the issue. holds it has to be a dearest kava. Since the sukkah cannot go through a normal sea wind, that's not good, that's not good enough. Since the present environment, you're at the sea, you're in the sea, if the present environment is the sea and it can't survive there, then it's not considered to be a kavua dika. Since the sukkah could withstand the normal land wind, kishera, it is kosher. Now, you have to think about this. It's very, a little bit hard to understand the Gemara because the bottom line is, is that the sukkah is, is, is out at sea. It's not on the dry land. So what's Rabbi Akiva's argument? Rabbi Akiva's argument is that, hey, sukkah is only dear Sarai. So dear Sarai only has to be able to withstand the Ruach Matsuya, not a Ruach Shein Matsuya. That's great. But it can't withstand the Ruach Matsuya in the place where it is. Who cares that if it would be on dry land, it could withstand the Ruach, a Ruach Matsuya? But the bottom line is, it's at sea, and at sea it can't withstand the Ruach Matsuya. It's very interesting here in the Gemara that we, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva is still saying that the sukkah is good because as a dear Sarai, it's good. Even though in its present condition out at sea, it wouldn't be able to work. All right, now what was the next thing we learned? Al-Gabe Kamal. If the sukkah was on back of the camel, we said it's good. 
Who is our Mishnah? Our Mishnah is saying it's good if it's built on the back of the animal. Rebbe Meir, it's going like Rebbe Meir. The Tanya says in a price, so it goes with Abihim. Someone makes a sook on the back of an animal. So what do we say? Rebbe Meir, Machshu Rebbe the Post. So it's Machlokas Tanam. So our Mishnah, which says that it is good, is only going like Rebbe Meir. But Rebbe Huda would disagree with our Mishnah, it would be no good. So the Gemara says, what's shot here? My time to read what's review this reason that the sukkah is no good if it's on top of an animal. It says that a sukkah has to be for seven days. So it doesn't just mean that for seven days you have a mitzvah of sukkah. Rabbi Yehuda Darshan's more. Sukkah, <coughs> excuse me. Sukkah, real shiva shma sukkah. A sukkah is only considered a sukkah if it's fit to live in for all seven days of sukkahs. Sukkah that you can't live in for all seven days is not considered a valid sukkah. So if you put a sukkah on the back of an animal, very good chalamoid, you're going to be able to use it, but you're not going to be able to use it on Yonta for Shabbos. Why? Because Midrabanon, you're not allowed to go on the animal. So since Midrabanon, you can't go on the animal, then the shame of the sukkah is not a sukkah which could be for the whole entire holiday. It's not a sukkah for the entire thing. Because there are certain days where you can't, where you're denied access, where you're not allowed to use that. So since it's not usable for seven days, it's not considered to be a sukkah ro'il shiva, and therefore Rabbi Yudha says it's no good. Says the Marvaram there, how does Rameya respond? Clearly it's not a sukkah ro'il shiva, you can't go there on Yant if you're not allowed to go on the animal. So he says, I'm not is totally fit for Abonor to Gazara. It's only Midrabonor that you're not allowed to go on. So since Midraisa, you're allowed to go on the animal. So the shame of the sukkah is sukkah ro'il shiva. There happens to be some external dindarabonor which doesn't allow you practically to get on. That doesn't take away the same sukkah, a very interesting machlokas. If the din are not to go on to the animal, whether or not that disrupts the shame of the sukkah being ru'uya l'shiva. Okay, that's all cases where you're building it on top of an animal. Now the Gemara talks about a different issue here. Until now we're talking about that you're putting the sukkah on the back of the animal. Now we talk about a solabim adofim la sukkah. You use an animal as the wall of the sukkah, meaning you're standing up an animal, and the animal itself is the wall. So in that case, Rabbi Meir posts over Rabbi Yudamash, the opinions go the opposite. Rabbi Meir says, no, an animal cannot be a wall, and Rabbi Yudah is totally fine with it being a wall. So here you don't have a problem with the access, right? In other words, you just have the you're not gonna go on the animal at all. You're going in the space in the interior where there's no animal. So Rabbi Yudha is gonna be okay with it. But Rabbi Meir has a new issue that you cannot use an animal as a wall of a sukkah. Why is that? Shai Rabbi Meir, my Rabbi Meir used to say, anything alive, can't be used as a wall of the sukkah. not a in a case of a mavoi on Chavez, with a pass the Beiros boards for wells. Remember that case in Erevin, where you have a well in the middle of the street and you want to draw water on it, so you want to make walls in the four corners, so you're not allowed to use a live animal. It's not a cover. It's not a cover for a cover. Used to be there's a there's a halacha. We'll see all about it. They used to cover the the ar and the casket cover. So it's going to be makal tumah like that. According to a mayor, live animal which is used to cover the aron will not get the tumah. Uh, usually the halacha is that the casket cover gets the tumah, but but Rabbi Mayor is saying that a live entity will not get that. We'll see more about that. They also added in the name of Yerushalayim, you cannot use an animal as, uh, as like a paper to write a get. If you're going to write a get, a bill of divorce, to divorce a woman, you can't write it on an animal. We'll see again some details about that coming up. So first thing we want to analyze is the basic idea of our mayor. Mayor's basic point is a live animal cannot be used for a wall, for a sukkah wall. So the Gemara says, my time is mayor, why not? What is the issue with using a live animal for a wall? Abai, Yomar, Abai, says Shem and Thomas, we're concerned it might die, even though it seems unlikely. Mayor is chayish for the slight possibility that an animal might die. If it dies, it will collapse. If it will collapse, then the sukkah will not have 
the requisite amount. In other words, what's going to happen is that it's going to collapse. It's going to be a dead carcass. It won't be ten tafachai. And what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to fix it on Yontif. You're going to be left without a sukkah. So therefore, um, Remeir says, you know what? You cannot use an animal at all. I'll stick zero that it might die and collapse. And Zera, Amar Zera says the second reason. Maybe the animal is going to go away. Maybe on the Yontif it will leave the sukkah and it won't be left with the requisite amount. It will be stuck sukkahless. So therefore, Reb Zera is explaining that's why Remeir says don't use an animal at all. So now the Gemara narrows where the dispute is. But pill kosher, if I have a, a bound elephant, an elephant which is all tied up, both Abai and Rabzir would agree that the sukkah is good even according to Ramir, because a bound elephant is not going to run away, and there's no chashash that it's going to die and collapse. Because even if it dies and collapses, the carcass would still be ten tvachim. An animal, the elephant is so big that even if it collapses and dies, it will still be ten tvachim high. So it wouldn't be a problem. Remember, uh, as long as it's 10 tefachim high, it's good. It doesn't have to reach the schach. So in those cases, we wouldn't have an issue. A tied up elephant would surely be good, even according to Rameir. Keep Ligi, what is a case that Rameir's opinion will be narrowed depending whether, it's, whether the problem is it might run away or it might die? The pill she If I have an elephant, that's not bad. The Mishra Matamas, according to Abai, that the whole problem is it might die and collapse and then it won't be 10 tefachim high. Lo Hashina, and here we don't have the problem with that with the, with the elephant, because if the elephant would die, Again, the carcass is so large that it would be a machitza. According to that the idea is we're concerned it might run away. We have to be concerned if the elephant is not bound, it's not tied, then it might run away. So basically, we're saying it's a, a mayor's basic idea is that you can't use a live animal. We have two different reasons, Abai and Rabzera. According to Abai, it's a concern it might die. According to Rabzera, it's a concern it might run away. The nafkamina between the two reasons would be an unbound elephant because the elephant is so big. If the concern it might die, we don't have a problem because it would still be a machitza. But if the concern is that it might go away, it might still go away. Says the Gemara Lamadam, Zerusha Matamo. So according to Abai, that the whole, the whole concern is only that it might die. Why aren't we also concerned that it might run away? Nechoshem Matifrach. I mean, if you're concerned for the unlikely possibility of something dying, that's more unlikely than more common thing that it might go away. So if you're concerned it might die, surely you should also be concerned that it might go away. So the Gemara has to concede that point. Abai is not cannot be saying we don't have a chashash and it might run away. And before now, we were saying that an unbound elephant, Abai would say is good. We cannot say that anymore. The Gemara concedes, an unbound elephant, both Abai and Rebzeir would agree, yet it's now good because clearly there's a concern that it might run away. Rameir would not allow it. Keep Ligi, where is there a machlokas in Abai and Rebzeir? Regular behemoth, a regular size animal uh, that's tied up. Abai is concerned that it also might die. Chashinon, we have to be concerned it might die. If it, a regular size animal would die and would collapse, the sukkah would be without the requisite wall, and the, the nevel of a regular animal, let's say it's you know uh, a dog, wouldn't be ten tefachim or something like that. So therefore, would be concerned. We're not concerned for the possibility of death. We're only concerned for the possibility it might run away. Then we don't have to be concerned if as long as it's bound up, because as long as it's bound up, we don't have to say that it might go away. The only chashash is going away. If it's bound up, we don't have a concern. So now, according to this, Abai is only a chumrah, and it would be in a case of a bound animal, we'd still be concerned it would die. It would be no good. Says the Gemara, what about the other way? According to Rabzir, that we're concerned it might run away. Why aren't we also concerned it might die? Says the Gemara, because Misa lo shichicha. Misa is not a common thing. Rameir is not chayish from Misa. Misa is like a far-fetched, remote possibility. So, so Rabzir is saying that Rabbi Meir wouldn't be concerned for that. Says the Gemara, a new question. There's empty space between the legs. So really, this is a New question. This is like we've moved the past from for a second between um, Abai and Rabzeir. 
Stam, if you have an animal alive and it's standing up, but there's open space between the legs, and that should be considered a pirza, a breach in the mechitza, it should possible up the mechitza. Because if the bottom of the mechitza is more, right, if there's a breach of space that's more than three tvachim off the ground, then it's no good. So the Gemara is asking, why isn't there that concern? Even when the animal is standing up alive the way it should be, but there is space between its legs, that's a possible the mechitza. So the Gemara says, you're right, you make it, and you fill in the gaps between its legs with different branches of palm and trees. So in Akhanami, you have to fill up the space. Says the Gemara Vidilma Rava, Maybe it will crouch, meaning how are you guaranteed that it's going to stay the same, the same height? Maybe the animal will crouch down. If it crouches down, it might, the mechitza might go less than 10 tvachim. So again, a new good general question. How do we ever mach it? Mechitza made by an animal. Why aren't we concerned that it might just crouch down and it will no longer be 10 tvachim? So the Gemara says, you're right. You have to make sure it's held up with cords from on top. You have to make sure it's, it's, it's held with something that won't allow it to crouch down. So now, the Gemara says, once you're saying that, the mother of the Thomas Nami, according to Abayu, says that we have a decree that it might die. If it would die and it would collapse, we were concerned it would be less than 10 tvachim. That was Abayu's whole swara. Why Rameir said you cannot use a live animal. Why is that a concern? It's held up with cords. So we have to say it's held up with cords because if it wouldn't be held up with cords and even if it's alive, we have to be concerned it will crouch. El, it's being held up by cords. So then what in the world is Abayu's problem that it might die and collapse, but it's being held up by cords. That's the whole point. So what should the issue be, even if it dies? Says the Gemara, because we're concerned that the animal might be, that it's less than three tvachim leskach. I mean, you might use a short animal that's, that, that really is only seven tvachim high, and you're going to put it within three tvachim of the schach, make a really small sukkah, and you'll use lavud and be machshur it that way. So it's like barely hanging on. The sukkah is kosher by a thread. You put in an animal that's just seven tvachim high within three tvachim of the schach, and everything's good. But then if it would die, you came to ma'isa kavsa, which just shrink just a tiny bit. It's not going to collapse. It's being held up by cords. You're right, but it's going to shrink ever so slightly. So now the schach will be more than three tvachim away. a person won't notice that slight change. So we're saying Abai is concerned for that remote possibility that the, you're going to. Not that it would totally collapse and as a carcass won't be 10 tvachim because it's held up by cords. You have to stump say it's held up by cords. If it's not held up by cords, you would never be able to use a live animal because it might crouch. But even if it's held up by cords, we're concerned for the possibility that you might use a short animal that's 7 tvachim and put it within 3 tvachim of the schach. And in that case, after it dies, it will just shrink ever so slightly and it will lose the lavud. Okay, very good. So now, until now, what do we have? Rabbi Meir, Machlokas Rabbi Meir reviewed about using a live animal for a wall of a sukkah. Rabbi Meir is saying you cannot. We have a Machlokas, Abai and Rabzir about the reasoning for a mayor. But Abai was saying the reason is we're concerned that the animal might die. And it seems that Rabbi Yehuda, who says that you could use a live animal, is not concerned for Misa. So the Gemara now asks me, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir, Chayesh, Rabbi, 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 according to Abai's analysis, what are we coming out? Rabbi Meir is Chayesh for the remote possibility of death, and Rabbi does not. But we learned it in Mishnah, Mishnah, and Gitin, is a coin. If you have a daughter of a non coin who marries a coin, so when a, when, a, when, a, when a non-Kohen marries a coin, the halacha is that she has a right to eat Shrimah while she's married to the coin. So what happens if her husband goes out of town? So if the husband dies, she loses her right to eat Shrimah. She's no longer married. And her husband's out of town. So she doesn't know if her husband, she doesn't know with certainty if her husband's still alive. He's not there. If she sees her husband, he, she knows he's alive. She can eat Shrimah. But what if he goes out of town? So we say she could still eat Shrimah. She may eat Shrimah assuming that he is still alive. The Chazaka. Chazaka basically says, unless you know otherwise, you don't have to declare, you don't have to wonder that maybe the status changed. That's the mission getting, you could assume people stay alive. 
but we have a contradiction for the Brisa. The Brisa says, The husband gives his wife a get, and he says, I'm divorcing you, but the get only takes effect one moment before my death. Why in the world? It's an interesting type of uh, get, right? Why in the world would a person do that? So usually, a person would do that to, to protect his wife from falling to Yibam. In a case where uh, a husband dies childless, then the widow is expected to marry the brother. But if, if you want to get out of that scenario, you could circumvent it by divorcing. But you don't want a divorce, you want to have a healthy relationship. So what do you do? You give a divorce and you say it should take effect one moment before the death. So then if he ends up dying, it turns out that she was divorced for one second before the death and it gets out of the Chiyav Yibam. So a person gave a get under certain, such a scenario. So one moment before death, she will become divorced. So if that was a scenario of a, of a, of a non-Kohen who was married to a Kohen, Asura Lachol Betrima Miyah. She's also to Truma right away. As soon as she gets the get, it's also why? Because we don't know, we don't know what the second before death is going to be. So we're concerned that the husband's going to die the moment after she eats the truma. So if she goes and eats the truma, the husband might die the very next second. And it turns out that the moment that she ate it was the moment before the death. So therefore, she can never eat truma. So we have a steer between the Mishnah and the Brisa. The Mishnah says because of Chazaka, you assume that people who are alive are going to continue to stay alive. And therefore, a husband, even if the husband goes away, the non-Kohen wife is allowed to eat. The truma, but in this brisa, where a person giving a get um, that it should be take effect a moment before death, here we say that uh, very stringently we're concerned that if she eats truma, it's going to be the moment before death, and therefore she's not allowed to eat truma right away. That was the problem that we posed a steer between a mission and a brisa. For Amr Abai to answer the difference between the mission and the brisa, what did Abai answer? This is a quote of what Abai says in Masechus And He says, "Lokash, the mission and the brisa are really two different tanam." The Mishnah is Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is not chayish for the possibility of death. Ha, Rabbi Yehuda de chayish lemisa. The Brayso is Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is concerned for the possibility of death. So we're going to demonstrate what the precedent to say this is that Rabbi Yehuda is chayish lemisa and Rabbi Meir is not. Where do we see such an idea that Rabbi Meir is chayish lemisa? And again, that would explain why in the Brayso Rabbi Meir won't allow the woman who gets her get to take and it, to take effect one moment before death. She can't eat shrimp right away. Whereas the Mishnah, where the, where the non-Kohen's wife who's going goes overseas, she's allowed to eat. Is going like Rabbi Meir. We're saying who's not chayish lemisa. Where do we see this? So Tanya says in a Brayso, Somebody buys wine from the kusim. So here's the idea: when you buy wine from the kusim, you have to be concerned that they didn't take off shrimp and maizros. So you have to take off shrimp and maizros. The problem is you're in a situation where you're physically unable to take off shrimp. Rashi always gives the examples that you don't have Caleb, you don't have tar or Caleb to pour the truma and miser parts. So, or it's right before Shabbos. Now, Shabbos, you're not allowed to be, you're not allowed to take off truma and miser on Shabbos. So, whatever it is, you have untied stuff in front of you and you want to drink it, but you're not in a situation where you're actually able to tithe. So, what do you do? So, you come up with a very creative idea that. That goes like this: Omar, you say shnei logan shani as lavish. The two logan. In other words, imagine you have hundred logan. And uh, you want to take off truma, so truma is is um, is is two percent, right? One fiftieth. So you're saying two logan out of a hundred, which I will eventually go ahead and separate. I'm not separating it now, but two logan out of the hundred, which I will eventually go and separate. I rein truma. They should be truma now. What I will later take as truma should retroactively be work and take effect. So therefore, right now it's already defined as being tithe. Now, sorry, my Rishon, the ten logan that I will eventually separate are my Rishon. Tisha uh, Maishrashini, nine Logan, which I eventually will separate, should now be Maishrashini. Umechel, you should 
deconsecrate the miser shani. That's actually something you can do. You can be poded. You can transfer it onto money already now. So as soon as you do this trick, shows me out. You can drink it right away. In other words, you don't drink all of it. You obviously leave over a sufficient amount to tithe. But then you're allowed to drink now because even though you haven't actually separated, when you will go and separate retroactively will be chal. So therefore, you're allowed to do such a thing. It's a very interesting trick. Now this is called braver. Braver means that you can retroactively choose. Meaning right now you haven't actually made the decision. But since I say now that the, that the stuff which I will tithe should retroactively work, so then once I will go ahead and do that, it will turn out that at the time that I drank, I didn't drink untie things, I, t- I drank tie things. Different a mayor, a mayor allows you a person to do that. Now, in order for a mayor to allow a person to do that, it has to be that he's not concerned for the possibility of the wine disappearing or something happening to the barrel, which will remove his, the, the, the ability to ever separate. Because Avada, if you don't go ahead and ever separate, then this whole Brera retroactive business won't work. This is only going to work if eventually you go ahead and separate, then we can say it was retroactive. But if you never go ahead and do it, it can't work. So obviously, our mayor is not concerned for the possibility that something might go ahead, something might happen to the barrel. Our mayor allows it. Whereas Rabbi Yudha, Rabbi Yudha, Rabbi Shimon Osram, Rabbi Yudha, Rabbi Yudha, Rabbi Shimon don't allow it. Why? Because they're concerned that something might happen to the barrel and it might break open and the wine might go away and it will be lost and you will never end up taking off Trimus and Mises and it turns out that you drink Teva. So this is a machlokas remain Rebuta. Remain is not concerned for the possibility of the barrel breaking. Rebuta is. So barrels breaking and people dying, that's like a similar type of thing. Remain is not Chayish Lemisa. Rebuta is Chayish Lemisa. So after all this comes out, so now we have a tremendous tira. We see that Abaya himself assumes that Remain is not Chayish Lemisa and Rebuta is Chayish Lemisa. What did we learn here by Sukkah? The exact opposite. That's what Abai was teaching us. Rameir is saying you cannot use a live animal for a wall, and Rabbi is saying you could. Abai's analysis of the dispute is what? That according to Rameir, we are concerned the animal might die, and according to Rabbi we are not concerned that the animal might die. It's the exact opposite. There's a reverse between Rameir and Rabbi positions, who is concerned for Misa and who is not. So the Gemara says, you're right. Epoch. In order to Abai, you have to switch around the way Abai was reconciling the Mishnah Gittin and the bride. So remember, that was how we got into all this. The Mishnah Gittin was saying, we're not concerned that the husband dies overseas, the woman can eat Jumah. The bride was saying, as soon as she gets a get, that will take effect a moment before death. She cannot eat Jumah because we're concerned for death. So you flip around which, which way the answer goes. Abai answered, Rameir is Chayish Lamisa. He's concerned for death, and that's the bride. For Abiyuda, lo Chayish Lamisa. Abiyuda is not concerned for death, and that is the Mishnah. And what is a biased source that we should say, Rameir's Chayish Lamisa and Rebuda's not Chayish Lamisa? Our case of Sukkah. If you want to use an animal for the wall for the Sukkah, Rameir plus Rebuda Mashur. So that's what's going on, just like Abai explained. Rameir apostles the Sukkah because we're concerned the animal might die, so he would not allow the woman to eat Shema. Rebuda would say it's good. He's not concerned for Misa, so everything is good. However, what do we end up with? Says the Gemara, Kasha, the Rameir, the Rameir. But then we have a tremendous deer. On the one hand, Rameir doesn't allow the animal to be used for the wall of Sokka because the animal might die. And the animal might die, but yet, what are we saying? Rameir is not concerned that a barrel might break. So what's the difference? Why, if we're concerned that, that an animal might die, why are we not concerned that a barrel might break? So the Gemara says, Amalacha Rameir, Misa Shechicha. Death is somewhat common. Possible, sometimes people die. Splitting of the, of the barrel is not Shechiach. Why? After the Masa Shomer, you give it to a watchman. When nothing breaks by itself, so you give it to a watchman, make sure it protects it, nothing happens. That's why we're not concerned. So Rameir is Chayish Lemisa. He's concerned the animal might die, but he's not concerned that the wine will break. So that's how we reconcile 
That's how we reconcile um, the stira in Ramer. What about right, the, the stira in Rabbi Yudah? Kasher is Yudah, Rabbi Yudah. By the case of the animal, Rabbi Yudah is not Chayish Lamisa. But in the case of the barrel, Rabbi Yudah does not allow a person to, to drink now based upon what he will eventually separate. Must be because he's Chayish, the barrel might break. Says the Gemara, no. The reason Rabbi Yudah doesn't allow you to do that trick and drink now based upon what you will separate is not because he's concerned the barrel will eventually break. Really, if we're not concerned for death, we're not con- certainly we're not concerned the barrel will break. He doesn't hold the barrel. He just doesn't hold it works. You're drinking it now before you separate it. So Rameda was saying a fancy idea of barrel. Once I separate it, it will turn out that that was the way it always was. Rabbi Yudah doesn't subscribe to barrel. So you don't subscribe to barrel, then of course it can't work. So really, Rabbi Yudah is not Chayish Lamisa. The reason Rabbi Yudah doesn't allow you to do it is because of the possibility that the barrel, uh, not because the possibility, the possibility of the barrel might break, but rather he simply does not hold of Brera at all.